Hi, I'm Jason Bonham. Welcome to Rock Scene. My rock scene is, apart from the obvious, growing up in the household of Led Zeppelin, Father John Bonham, didn't really know that much of craziness. Uh, he was just dad for me. He wasn't as wild as one would think. Um, just strange people that were probably Beatles and people like Paul Rogers and Bad Company and Jeff Beck would come over the house, Ben Bevin. But they were just other friends of dad, really. Uh, Ozzy was a big friend of dad's back in the day. I remember him pissing in father's wardrobe, um, walking around uh, the house looking for the bathroom in a coma um, one time. Yeah, he was, uh, they were good friends. I remember they went out shooting one time, Ozzy and uh, dad. They didn't want to shoot anything. They just wanted to go and shoot guns. And they just walked around dad's farm with shotguns, two drunken men with shotguns shooting trees. What have the trees ever done? Thank God. I mean, and Ozzy was like, Hey, John, where's you all got these guns, man? Let's shoot these guns. And, uh, and then, oh, well, this is crazy. So, I got introduced to craziness very early on. Uh, 17, I joined a band called Air Race. We went on tour with Queen. Uh, I opened up for ACDC first, then got a phone call, drove, those are the days, back in the VW, trailer on the back, setting up your own stuff. We didn't care how much money we got, it wasn't about the money. Uh, so we were gonna open up, open up ACDC, I remember Brian Johnson giving me a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I said, I don't drink. And the rest of the band went, we do. And they grabbed it and then about 20 years later, I see uh, Brian Johnson in the rainbow uh, in LA and he goes, I see you made up for that non-drinking lake. And I was plastered. And the man behind the camera will tell you I used to get quite drunk in the day. Um, obviously, Queen was was amazing experience to open up for a band like them, so huge, hugely influential now as as well. Um, but at the time for me, it was a huge thing of Roger Taylor. We we both had the same drum kit, the Ludwig, the Chromo Wood, and they were big Zeppelin fans. So one of the big biggest moments in my life, I saw Freddie Mercury come outside the door, the dressing room. And I saw him ask, which one's Jason? And the guy pointed, and he came walking in the room, just wanted to say, we, you know, as a band, loved your father. I loved your father very much. The musical Led Zeppelin were just timeless for us. If there's anything you need, please, please tell me, and we'll help you in any way we can. And he shook my hand, and, and the rest of the guys kind of just floated back out the room. And a very special moment for me, I could see the respect, Roger Taylor, and and the crew and Brian and, and John Deacon, I became under their wing and they would take me out. And they taught me so much about those days of rock and roll, of excess and debauchery. They said, well, your father's not around, so maybe we should be the ones that help you out a little bit, introduce you to the ways. And um, as we you are when you're 17, of course you say, yes, I've done everything when they ask you. So you just go in head first, you don't want to be the uncool guy. And you don't want to be the guy that wanders around and goes, why aren't there any other guys in here? Why is it all girls? Well, then you figure out where you are. So, yeah, a lot happened in those early days. Uh, toured with Ted Nugent, Def Leppard, Crocus, um, uh, yeah, Meatloaf. We did a lot, which then led me to Jimmy Page, uh, well, Firm, uh, Virginia Woolf. 
Roger Taylor from Queen was producing a band called Virginia Woolf. He called me after the Queen tour. I then joined Virginia Woolf. Virginia Woolf got a phone call. We opened up with The Firm. Jimmy watched me with The Firm in 86. 87, I was doing the Outrider album. 88, went on tour with Jimmy Page. Got to do the Led Zeppelin reunion for 40th anniversary. 89, Bonham, we got signed and I got my solo band out and that's when we met. Um, so yeah, and it kind of just, we got to that point of, uh, got great success in the in the short time we had in Bonham. Um, in 89-92 with Motley Crue and Occult and Dangerous Toys and all the boys. Um, right at a fun time. I mean, it was a fun time. Uh, for me, being an English guy, never experiencing the rainbow scene and the whole LA hang, uh, it was a great time to be around there. Uh, and I came in right at the end of it. Uh, but it was still lots of fun. I would never change anything about those days. Uh, they were great. Sadly, we lost the singer. Uh, years later, as time flies, you know that the times changed. Along came Nirvana and the Soundgardens and Seattle. And I remember we kind of went off on a different tangent like every band was trying to do, stay, stay as fresh as you could with Marty Fredrickson, um, the singer, and we trying to change the name of the band, called it Motherland. Then I kind of got a little bit down on it all, all at the same time spiraling with alcohol and booze and drugs and doing whatever. I got into my, to my 30s and got a part in a movie. After I'd kind of given up on rock and roll, I'd like, I started family and kind of was like, you know what, I need to, um, you know, spend some more time at home. We got, I got part in a movie called Rockstar. What was I playing? I was playing an alcoholic rock drummer. So no acting was involved. For me, it was a great, uh, it was actually a realization at that point that I really did have a problem. Um, I was trying to get kicked out of that movie set so often, along with my good pal Zach Wilde. Um, we, yeah, we, we were kind of very much rebels. We were definitely the musicians of that group. Um, we were badly behaved. And we did not like to be told what time to get to anywhere. Especially getting told to wait around. Um, but it was good fun. We, uh, it st I still get the check, so I thank you very much. I still, every now and again, it's still on the TV and I still have those. But I go, oh, there it is, there's the part. Well, I'm lying there having the blood transfusion with wig on and the hair. Um, good, but say, once again, good times. Then I got myself together. Uh, I'm sober. And believe it or not, I joined the London Choir Boys, which is my first sober band. Now, I know if you know, if you know the rock scene, you know Spike and those boys. They are not sober boys. So it was, uh, that was my introduction back to playing again. Uh, and then literally got a phone call from Phil Mogg and I joined UFO soon after. For about three years, did an album, which led me to get a phone call from Mick Jones. Ended up doing Foreigner for four years, moved to America, um, was constantly working. Then I got the phone call from Robert, and we did the Les Zeppelin reunion in 2007, um, which was an out-of-body experience, as you can imagine. Uh, a wonderful six weeks prior to be around them, to be with them as a grown man now, not as the kid, not as the annoying kid, 
that was one of the uh, definite highlights of my life to see to go out with them and be just kind of like talking to them like you know on an equal level um, at the same time without being like too much of a fan was the hardest thing because I'd suddenly after all this time I'd realized these guys are Led Zeppelin I didn't kind of expect it they they could have anybody playing drums for this isn't my guarantee in life and I'd realized that as I was a sober man I'd learned that you know the world does not owe you a living <laughs> just because your time is in Led Zeppelin doesn't mean to say you're gonna get the gig so I, I went back in and did a lot of work and really um, spent the time focused on the songs and different arrangements and just wanted to try and get it right one night um, you know when you get a few cracks at the whip and I was never very happy with the different times I played so it's nice that we ended if anything if it never happens again it ended back on a high not only for me but for they definitely relaunched me back into a spotlight uh, once that was released the celebration day DVD Zeppelin suddenly the phone was ringing again and you know it's like oh really I've been playing drums all my life you know that right okay just I haven't been playing for a few years just just want you to know this I've been playing all my life as you can imagine um, but great I mean listen I can't complain I'm 52 I'm work more now than I've ever worked before not only with the the Jason Bond and Les Zeppelin Evening Project. There is a circle with Sammy Hager, Michael Anthony, and, and Vic Johnson. And also Black Country Communion is back on the radar again. We're hopefully gonna do a new album, um, which will be five. Or by now it will be some title. I thought, you know, Homes of the Unholy or something. Um, but it's been, as I said, it's a, it's a mad, crazy ride, uh, but definitely with persistence and being able to kind of make enough money to keep going has always, has always kept me in there. Um, and I believe that is a, just to keep enough, to keep your head above water uh, and then to enjoy it, to get back to the, 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 the point of now it's enjoyable, um, you know, uh, I'm feel very, I'm very grateful, and uh, everything's going very good in my life. Uh, my children are growing up fast, 25, 22. So it's um, who'd have thought it? I still wonder when when I'm going to become an adult.